I'm Carlo, Carlo Pietro Sanfilippo, and this is my podcast. With this project, I want to explore the means, methods, tools, and examples of living on purpose, living the life we want, doing the things that light us up, things that make us feel like we're alive, growing, making a difference, and enjoying the process along the way. Welcome to It's the Journey. So today, I have my very first guest, my friend, my barber, my stylist, my life coach, and cheerleader, Micah Johnson, who is the co-owner, co-creator of Idle Hands Grooming Company. And our conversation today, have so much fun with the theme of It's the Journey. We get to go through Micah's journey and the lessons he learned, uh, where he got his drive, how he got his drive, how he made decisions, what he learned from his from setbacks and failures or however you want to call it. But it's, it's such a fun story. I had so much fun with Micah and uh, I hope you do too. So let's get started. Welcome, Micah. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah thanks for having me. I'm honored to be the first um, guinea pig. You know what I mean? <laughs> the first test subject. It's totally. pretty tight. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> uh, it only makes sense because, uh, you know, we've kind of been together uh, on our personal journeys. Yeah. God, yeah, man. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's been long. It's been a long one. How long have we how long have we been together? It was uh sometime in 2015. So yeah, I was gonna say probably right around the four, four and a half year mark. Yeah, it was Jesus. Yeah. I was I was going through I was like past some of the worst things, mm -hmm. you know, 2010 to 2015. Uh yeah. I, re I remember pretty vividly some of the first very first conversations that we had yeah i yeah. remember pretty vividly i remember that you're talking about how you know hopefully this this is okay to get into but like the divorce that you had gone through raising your two boys you know what i mean yeah i hadn't i had never met graham at the time i didn't even know who this kid was and he's so so awesome but like yeah hearing you talk about those things and talk about like coming into your own you were <laughs> The beard thing, I can't believe that that made the book, man. That makes me really excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Go ahead. Let's, we'll, put that, we'll put that into context. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, please. So, yeah, so 2015, I, you know, 2010 to 2015, I went through, uh, my, my mom died, my dad died, Jeez. my stepdad died, I got divorced, I moved, uh, and restructured my business. Yeah. And, and and so they're saying like like the three most stressful things in life are death, divorce, and moving. And you went through all three. I went through like three deaths. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like I got six of those things in a very condensed period yeah. of time. And the book tells all about that in terms of like the things I learned and the, the, the tools I went with. But uh, should we put a spoiler alert on the podcast? <laughs> you, why not, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. Yeah. It was like so. Uh, one of the uh, conversations we had is <laughs> I had come in to see you. So, I don't know, I'd been in about three or four times, right? And we were yeah. just figuring out, like, my hair. Yep. Right. And so, I don't know, for years, I've, I've had this, like, hair that, like, it just kind of gets bigger. Yeah, you were, it was, it, the first time I met you, I'm honest, honest to God, honest to God, you walked in and I'm like, 
who is this Brooks Brothers looking motherfucker? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Where I'm just like, what is going on here? This guy is cool. He's got potential. What the hell is going on here? And then you sat down and you told me who you were. And like that was, I'm like, all right, cool. But anyway, continue. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure I had Brooks Brothers shirt on back then. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, it's like I'm 90% sure. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so like I had always wanted my hair longer, but I could never get anyone to figure out how to do it. Like it always gets like really thick in the back, and and then my my like moment where I knew like all right, all right, this is a guy that that I can work with. I can work with. I was like, I was like, I kind of want it longer, but it always gets really thick in the back, and then people cut that, and then I look like a mushroom head. Yeah, and you were like, yeah, that's a duck ass. Yeah. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> and like immediately, like you picture Donald Duck, and yep. like, and I'm like, all right, that's exactly what that is. And you're like, all right, I know what to do about that. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. So we had, you know, what, five, six haircuts to that point, and yeah. then the election of uh, twenty, you know, the first, the first Trump election happened, and, uh, and yeah. I, like, every, I was, I don't know, I'm not getting this. This isn't a political podcast, but <laughs> I was, I was, I was sad. And, oh. I, and I didn't, I didn't shave like all through the holidays. Yeah, we were, yeah, yeah, sad, pissed off. Yeah, yeah. So, and there was a part of me that was like, you know, I looked in the mirror and like my whole life, I'd always thought I wanted to. I had had a beard in college, and then I, I, I grew one just because I knew I wouldn't be able to for years. Right, literally, I was yep. like, I'm going to do this because I can't do it for probably you know 40 years till I retire. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, my wife at the time hated it and always you know, reminded me like how terrible I look with a beard and that yeah. kind of thing, and so I. I didn't shave and I came in to see you and you're like, dude, what's up with the facial hair? I'm like, I think I might keep it. You're like, fuck yeah, you are. Yeah, fuck yeah. And you, you like are. had your plan and like just did it. Like you're like, and I was like, all right, he took care of the duck ass. So yeah. maybe <laughs> I'll trust, I'll trust Micah. Like, so. Which is funny for anybody that is listening to this and does not know me. I do not look like someone that you should trust <laughs> at all. <laughs> no, man, dude. In every story, the the guy that comes like and brings change is always like you know, Yoda or oh yeah, you right? you're right. Yeah, Obi Wan yeah, yeah, yeah. was like a hermit out in the desert. Yeah, right? you fit yeah, that, right? Yeah, the hermit out in the desert, especially. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, that was like you know, in in the middle, you know, and then I've, you know. All kinds of things happen along the way, but um, you know the point of the podcast is like in my book I talk about my story and my journey, um, and the podcast I want to I wanted to talk to other people that are doing fun things. Yeah, and from the time I've met you, like you had just started there. Let's talk about what you're doing now, and then how you got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so now, as you know, you know, uh, I am the owner, co-owner of a shop in Shaw called Idle Hands Grooming Company. And that started from a product company, which I'll get into if you want me to. But, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, the shop, I, it, it's crazy to think about when I moved to St. Louis in 2015. So that, I mean, you met me like really, really close into, you know, whatever, anyway. But uh, yeah, moving here, I'd sold my car. I had four bags packed. So, and those bags were like clothes, Shit, that might have been it. But then, you know, I had a, you know, brought a couple other little things. I strapped this, my bed, which was the first bed I'd ever bought in my entire life, which was only like two years before that. So it's disgusting. But anyway, I had my bed strapped to the top of my brother's Subaru Forester. We're driving through a blizzard. 
legitimately the like one of the worst drives ever from Lexington, Kentucky to St. Louis, which was like it's only supposed to be about six, seven hours. It took us twenty-two. Oof. Which was, you know, it was fun. We broke down on the side of the road once. He my brother Jay, who reminds me of like a of you, like one hundred percent, gets out of the car and he's like, Hey, I'm gonna walk up, try and find this gas station, gets on into a semi truck with this guy. And I'm like, Oh god, dude, that's the last time I'm ever gonna see him. That's it. He's gone. I love you, Jay. Yeah, I love you. I'm gonna figure out how to do this, have a good life. Um, and honestly, what really had happened was that he had just forgot to put gas in the car because he was uh he was too high. So anyway, <laughs> neither here nor there. We get to St. Louis, and I have no idea what the hell I'm going to do. I know that I was in school for hair beforehand and had like was going to try and transfer, and the transfer fell through and all this mess. So no car, no money, clothes on my back, essentially. And I decide that I've got to, you know, obviously I have to find a job. In the meantime, while I'm going to school, I've always worked in whatever, but it's a new city. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. So I went and worked at... uh the closest place I could walk to, which was Cicero's, which is now closed. Okay. Um, and should have been closed probably before I worked there. It's <laughs> gross as hell, but I love that place. So anyway, um, long story short with that, I ended up, you know, working there for a while, jumped jobs a few times, but eventually got back into school and then built from absolutely nothing to owning two companies. And of course, I co-own them with other people, but owning two companies, and that was only in four years. Um, and I had set up a five-year plan for myself when I started working at Notch, which my boss at the time had asked me, like, "Hey, what are you? What do you want to do here? What's your What's your goal?" And I told him, "I'm gonna work for you, and then I'm gonna build myself to where I need to be and open my own shop." And he goes, oh, "Okay, okay." Because <laughs> that's that's the thing is like a lot of people will say those kind of things. Yeah. Oh my God, naysayers, man. Yeah. Everywhere. Well, it's so there's naysayers, but also people that really want to do that, but they're mm. afraid. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. so what what was it that like made you not be afraid or what drove you to like say, to know like, I'm going to do this? You know, I don't, I think, I don't think it's as much as like not being afraid as, as I'm, I'm kind of just a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell me I can't do something or I'm going to do it. You yeah. know what I mean? And that doesn't matter if it's good for my health or bad for my health. If you tell me I can't do it, I'm like, fuck you, man. Right. Like, I'm going to go do it. You know what I mean? Right, right. But like, I think a lot of that was, I realized I didn't want to be doing what I had been doing, mm -hmm. which was floundering. I hate it. I, I've been telling a lot of people this. I think you'll love, love this one. A lot of people that'll come in and sit down and get their haircut with me now, find out that I'm the owner or know that I'm the owner of the shop. And they're like, oh man, like, what, well, you know, how'd you do that? What's that? What, like, what are you doing? And I've been telling a lot of people that you can't, you can't get in your own way is a big thing that I talk about. But then also really, it's just genuinely talking about it all the time, right? There's a lot of entrepreneurial books that'll tell you like, oh, don't talk about it. Don't talk about your goals. Don't talk about your goals with people, which I think is stupid. Mm -hmm. I talk about it with everybody. Yeah. With everybody. And I think that's really like what kind of got me to where I'm at was talking about it and realizing I didn't want to be working for other people. I knew that I was having problems with other people in my workplaces because I would give them an idea that I knew was the right idea, right? And they would tell me to get lost. And then I would end up leaving that place because, you know, I've, that's who I was. And then those people would end up using that idea later. So if you ever find yourself butting heads with your boss 
in every single job that you have, it's probably because you need to be your own. Yeah. Oh, that's that's good advice. You man. know what I mean? Yeah. And I've been talking a lot about that lately because people ask. And I'm like, yeah, if you find yourself butting heads with your boss, you probably need to be your own. So then they're like, well, how do you do that? Like, what do you do? How do you? Well, you just do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that it's going to be easy. And I definitely didn't have any handouts. It's not like I have like a bunch of money saved up in my bank account. I got my networking was the most important thing to get to where I'm at now. It's where I met my business partner, Andy, who's one of my best friends, has been for since I moved here. Um, and sometimes I feel like I conned him into doing something that he had no idea what the hell he was getting himself into. <laughs> right. And then he retells me, he's like, no, dude, this is exactly what I think I've always needed to do. And I had no idea what it was. And now we're doing it. Yeah. So anyway, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. You've got, <laughs> so you've got a great combination of, of like that enthusiasm where you said you'll just jump in and do something, mm-hmm. but there's also a practical side to you that like, you know, I remember, well, first of all, if you're ever getting your hair cut by Micah and he stops cutting your hair and goes, dude, listen to what he says, because it'll be something <laughs> cool. It'll be like, like a, like a motivational thing for you or something cool that he's going to do because like where's the time you're like dude i'm gonna make products for like your beard and hair and stuff like that i'm like cool man and then for long they were there <laughs> and like dude i'm gonna have my own shop and i'm looking i'm doing this and we looked here we looked there like i feel like for yeah. a while like yeah you, you weren't years. You, you weren't afraid of the of the work before you got to do what you did yeah um very important and, you know, so like, you know, the older you get, like I'm, I'm older than you. So like, I remember you start remembering different things in your life that like triggered it. So I, I remember for me, I was 17 before I, when I had my first real job. And before that I was like grass cutting. So I was kind of my own boss then yeah. that I had a job and it was a Walmart nursery here in, in, in up in Florissant. No shit. Okay. Yeah. And I was making three thirty-five an hour, like, you know, shoveling rocks and, and lifting trees and watering trees and stuff like that. But I watched the owner and his family run this place. And I'm like, I think this is what I want. Like, I want a, I want a business of yep. some kind. Yeah, man. And so that's when it started. Like, did you have that moment where uh, you were like, I want to, I want to be my own boss or I want to have my own thing? Or- yeah. Yeah. I know. I definitely did. Um, I can't say that it necessarily started when I started working. My first job, I was 13. I was working at a corn maze. Nice. Um, that ended up... <laughs> my parents' landlord. Yeah, hockey mask? Them off. Or- oh, my God. No, I was actually the guy cutting the fucking corn down. 13 years old. This fat little kid. And they're just like, go tear all this corn down. Um, and for, I... For a maze? Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. No, it was like... It was horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> and it was... Oh, even worse, it was like a Christian corn maze, dude. It Are was, there any pictures of this? No, God. Oh, thank man. God. Um, if there were, I'd burn them, I think. But, <laughs> this would be a great movie. So that was only just... That was just for a little bit. And then I worked at... Uh, 15 years old, I started working at my friend's skate shop that he owned. He was a few years older Skateboard? than me. Skateboard? Yeah, and cool. I have never skateboarded in my entire fucking life. Um, never, still, to this day, I can't. Uh, but I worked there. Yeah. And um, I thought that that was cool. And like, I'm like, oh, this dude, this dude, he's not much older than me. He owns his own shop. That's cool. Um, but I didn't think about it at all, yeah. you know? And then I went into the whole music thing and was almost vagabond for a while. And then I think what really kicked it off for me was literally the conversation we we're having earlier. I was working for this guy, um, some retail job, some shit sales retail job. And I'm talking to this guy and he, I'm telling him, hey, man, I think that you'd be more productive. I think that we would be more productive if we sell 
this way and this way instead of going by the book. Um, it was a major corporation and they were just giving us this, you know, you have to do this, you have to do this. And I'm like, I think if we're a little bit more on a personal level and he's just like, no. Yeah. No, just like, no, that's not going to work. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, well, I know that we have to go by these. He's like, no, no, no. And I realized right then that like, I don't like being told what I can't do. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like you can tell me like what I can do. That's fine. But if you tell me no, I'm like, okay, well, how do I get around that? Well, shit, I guess I got to open my own business. Yeah. That's it. That, all right. That, that Because like as a kid, my mom, my mom was a secretary after my parents got divorced. And yeah. she, she'd come home from work just so angry because people wouldn't listen to her. I told them if they did this, they could, you know, she worked, you know, at McDonnell Douglas and she looked at waste yeah. that was happening here and there and she'd bring up ideas and no one would listen to her. And I watched how helpless she felt. Yeah. And then I remember feeling the same way and just that whole idea of like, I, I, I love being on a team and working hard, but I don't like being told like, this is what you have to do just because. Yeah. Um, or like you said, if you've got a good idea and not doing it. So sometimes, there's, so there's that, that that desire to be heard yes um but then also there's so like a lot of people have that and then they deal with it by by just muddling through the week and, and like thank god it's friday and i'm yeah, gonna we, do whatever we i push do push it down and then we drink ourselves stupid and yeah or whatever it might be right just push this down for just do it yeah yeah for <laughs> just muscle it through for decade after decade oh, after decade god, till maybe awful. someday you can retire and yeah. then can do whatever you want, but you've, you know, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes people get to that point and they don't know what they want because they're 60 something and have oh, never. My parents, man. That's yeah. my parents. My dad's 65. My mom's 72. My mom was the good old fashioned stay at home, homeschooled us until I was in like seventh grade and then she expelled me kind of thing. She literally was like, hey, I can't do this anymore. You got to go to a Christian private school. That'll be a good place for you. It was awful. But anyway, she's 72 years old. She's still working now. Right. And I, which is absolutely and totally just messed up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? 72 years old, that's like what she's doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And they literally were the people that pushed it down and just did the work yeah. and just went through it. And, you know, and, and unless, unless whatever you're doing, you're doing because you just love so much. And that's, yeah. that's kind of what yeah. I'm, you know, wanna, where I want to be is like, it doesn't feel like work anymore. Yeah. You know, are you there yet? Um, I'm, I've I've got a plan. I'm getting there. Good. Yeah. Like Good. I know, I know, I know. I've got a vision. So, uh, so yeah. And you're. I mean, this is obviously kicking it off, right? This is a piece of it. Like, yeah. Just like well, like the last last. You know, from growing from. You know, we'll go back to the beard. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Like how much? Such how a much significant point in time. Black I got for that. Which blows my mind, man. It's a fucking beard. It's not like you got a face tattoo that says, I don't know, like, yeah, um, kiss my ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's a beard. What's facial like, hair? People, like, what's this? Is this because of hockey? Is this, well, I'm, I mean, so, so <laughs> uh, this is, I love that one. Yeah. Tell us about what you do. Yeah. So, well, this, this podcast and this activity is like totally separate from my other world that I, I can't even really talk about it. I, I can, I'm in financial services, but I can't talk about my business because of all the compliance stuff. Yep. So I can, I'm allowed to say that I do that. <laughs> right. But like, there's an image of what that is. And, um, every, people have that in their head. And I, for years I thought, well, I can't have a beard until I, until I retire, you know? And, and then when I decided to do it, 
um, yeah, the reactions from like not not just professionally but personally, people are like, what, what yeah. are you doing? Is this is this for hockey? Is, did you go hunting? Is this is this no shave whatever month that is? Is this what 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 are you? What is this? Are you, are you having a crisis? Are yeah. you okay? So is people, the like, beard okay? Oh my would, god! Yeah, they would point to it as if I yeah, like I had like it's fucking tumors hair. on my face. Like, what, what's this? <laughs> what what are you doing with this? What does this mean? Panicking. Yeah, because <laughs> yes. of your face. They were like really freaked out about yeah. it and. Uh, it was, it was just you know like you know what this is what I'm gonna do yeah what whatever you know and did you uh, lose anybody because of it did it get that bad were people like that shocked at the fact that you're growing a beard that they're like you know what I, I don't think I which is absolutely ridiculous yeah. I just want to say if anybody did but did you I lose anybody no I I didn't I I some people are still still trying to figure out what's going on what what, what does this mean you know uh but you know. At this point, I kind of decided, you know, if someone didn't want to be in my life because I had a beard. Yeah, that's really dumb. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You don't want that person anyway. Yeah, and that goes back to, like, trusting yourself. And, like, yes. you know, we talked about, like, you, you got to, and trusting yourself to, like, do a big thing, like start a business. <laughs> yeah. You got to trust yourself with little things. Like, like, how do I want to dress or how do, do I want to have a beard or do I want to like listen to this kind of music or read this? What are yeah. li- those, all those little things add up in a way that, cause like so much of society is telling us not to trust yourself. Oh yeah, man. You know, you know how many times I was told growing up, like don't ever get tattoos, right? Like don't, that you're, don't do, don't, not only that, don't get tattoos. I've known that I wanted to do hair since I was 16, 15 years old. Cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. I started then too. I started doing hair around that time as well. Um, and not good. I mean, it was they were not good fucking haircuts, man. God, Jesus. I like really messed some people up. Um, but like, you know, I was always told, I was always discouraged to, uh, you, you know, I would come home looking, dressing the way that I wanted to. My parents would be like, what the hell's going on? You know, I remember my dad, as much as I love him, he's a very, very, old school conservative kind of guy we don't see eye to eye and a lot of stuff and i remember my dad when i was like man i want to get my ears pierced he goes well then you're gonna have to carry a purse around oh yeah Yeah. right yeah now the first time that he said that i was like okay whatever and the second time he said that i had this uh cousin his his cousin my second cousin who um was a war vet saw a lot of really terrible shit um and when he got back the way that he coped with that and dealt with that was he would do drag um which was I always thought was really cool. I always wanted to go see a drag show with him. Yeah. yeah. Um, but my dad said it in front of him, and Hugh, that was his name, looked at my dad and goes, "So, what's the big <laughs> deal about him wearing a purse, right. having his ears pierced?" And my dad was like, "Oh, no, 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 no." Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that guy actually, even though I haven't seen or heard or talked to him in very many years, was the first person I saw put my dad in check and make my dad stumble over his words. Wow. Which is a hard thing to do. My dad's been a radio DJ. He's uh, in marketing, advertising, Emmy nominated. I'm putting quotation marks. I know nobody can see that, but <laughs> Emmy nominated writer. It's a local Emmy, which is still really cool. There's nothing to nothing to scoff at. But to see that guy say that to my dad, and then I'm like, oh shit, okay, cool. I can say stuff like that to yeah. my dad. Yeah, I can do. And uh, you know, uh, for the viewers that aren't listening, I do have. Massive holes in my ears now. I have a, you know, tattoo, neck tattoo, all this stuff. Because at the end of the day, all life is about, like, living on purpose, right? Yeah. It's about being happy. And it's about being who you want to be. It's about looking like how you want to look if that makes you happy. 
and not giving a fuck what anybody else says. Yeah. Well, the cool thing, we, you did, it, it, uh, all the things you talked about happened with your business and all that kind of things. Yep. Along the way, you got married. Oh, yeah, man. I right. did. I did right. do that. Yeah, it's been two years last Tuesday. So cool, man. Congrats. And, yeah. and, and so now you're a stepdad. Yeah. Right? Hell yeah, I am, dude. It's one of the greatest joys of my life. And so just like, like all the little examples, sometimes there's positive examples or negative examples. Like <laughs> you got, you've got a yeah. set of eyes now watching you. Like that's like, oh yeah, you can you can you can just start a business. Yeah, you can just make things. Yeah, uh, you don't you have no idea the seeds that are being planted right now. Oh, dude, actually, I got hit with a real dose of reality the other day. Okay, with Zoe, she's uh, just turned nine yesterday. Okay, so happy birthday, Zoe! Right, um, and a couple weeks ago, we're all me, Jennifer, that's my wife, and Zoe are all hanging out in the living room, and Zoe. I don't know what the hell we're talking about, man. But we're we're talking, and then all of a sudden, Zoe goes, "So you you own you own Idle Hands, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Me and Uncle Andy—that's what I call Andy to her. She's like, "Okay, cool." She goes, "So, and you have women that work there, right?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, of course. We've got you know mostly women that work there." She goes, "Are you paying them appropriately?" <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Dog, get checked by your nine-year-old like that. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And I'm like, you know what, kid? I look at her straight in her face and I go, you know what? Honestly, yeah, they actually get paid more than I do. And she goes, good. Nice. Oh, dude, nine years old. And this is the thing. We don't talk to her about this shit, right? She learns it on her own. Uh -huh. And she hears us talk about this stuff, obviously, right? But she's gone from the point, I used to call her parrot all the time. Because literally, we used to watch uh, TV when she was really young. She would sit on my... <laughs> on my fucking shoulder and like repeat what I would say. Right. But she doesn't do that anymore, right? She's got her own thoughts. So like the biggest thing that I can do for my nine-year-old kid is to teach her, which we were talking about in the lobby earlier, college isn't the only option. Mm -hmm. Don't waste your fucking money. Trade school is really important. You can do that if you want to. Yep. And if you want to start a business, you have to have the idea and the networking capabilities to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And everybody always wants to say, oh, if you're starting a business, you need money, you need money, you need money. Well, yeah, hell yeah, you do. Of course you do. But like, if you can network your ass off, then you can find those investors anywhere. Right. Anywhere. Right. It, that, so that, that's a great example. And that's something that I struggle with is, is that um, as a financial person and a person who's also started a business and worked with lots and lots of business owners, I think... And, and the schools aren't prepared to do this because no one that's given advice, none of the college counselors' advice that I've, none of the college counselors I've met have, have done this. But I think thinking about education like a business startup would make more sense. And so if, you know, if you are going to, well, first of all, if you were going to start a pizza place, yeah. if you and I wanted to start a pizza place and right. we needed whatever the heck it costs to start a pizza place, yeah. $400,000. Yeah. And we went into the bank Jesus, and said- Jesus, that'd be like the biggest fucking pizza space I've ever seen. Go ahead. Uh, well, it yeah. depends, <laughs> depends on where it is. That might not be yes. enough, right? Yeah, yeah, no, you're right, yeah. And we went to the bank and we're like, okay, we've, uh, we're 18. We've never made a pizza. Yes. And we, um, we need, well, I mean, at, at some schools, like an Ivy League would be 60,000 dollars a year, 70. Yeah, Jesus. So we want, let's say we need $240,000. Mm -hmm. Um, and we think in five years we'll start working. 
<laughs> we've yeah. never we've never been whatever it is we're studying. Yeah. We we don't sure if we're gonna finish. There's no way they give you the money. No. But that's what happens with 18 year olds. Like there's like they get this quote college aid oh and they're like God. and the, everyone's encouraged them. You got to go to the best school you can to yeah. to increase your opportunities. But that no one helps them look at well what's the what are the job prospects for what you're going into? What's the payoff? Um, if you're borrowing that money, how much does it really cost? Yeah. You know, many of the parents that are helping that are have never made a two, three hundred thousand dollar business startup decision, which which is what we're asking kids to do. And it's in, it's insane. Yeah, man. And so I think if 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 they taught kids to look at it like a business, people would make better decisions. One hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. I would yeah, like I I don't your college experience. Did you go straight out of high school? I did. I was uh and you know. I, I started college in 1990. Yeah. I went to UMSL. Yeah. It, it, my first semester cost less than my son's books <laughs> do in a normal shit. year. I was amazing. earning six bucks an hour making deliveries for this machine shop and and paid for all my car expenses. I, pay, I paid for my books. My mom helped me with some my tuition because it was like, a thousand bucks or something like that, yeah. I, you know, um, and so yeah, and and I went at UMSL. Many of my business professors did research at WashU, but they taught at UMSL. Yeah, and so I I was like at seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. I was like, well, this is a bargain. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no shit, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and you know, no one ever asks me where I went to school. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not. I, you know, I'm not trying to. If I wanted to be a senator, I guess it would have mattered. Yeah, but that wasn't. I told my kids, which that. it shouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't get that clear. That should, that should not. That should yeah. be the least of our fucking words. Yeah. Well, where'd you go to school? Uh, Harvard. Well, you still suck. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, it's not, yeah. So it's 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 just about making intentional decisions. Yeah. 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 Well, that was you know. So you went right out of there. I didn't go to college until I was probably 23. Okay. So before that, I was a homeless vagabond. I tried to do the whole music thing um, and failed miserably. Failed miserably at that. There was a good reason behind that. And the people that I always used to make fun of are like, you know, some good friends of mine that I grew up with. And they're all like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like, we're going to make it. And I'm like, you guys suck. So like, like what, what kind of, I don't, I don't know anything about the music stuff. Like, what, like a rock band? Oh, uh, like, man. Yeah. You know, we did. I've always been more of a blues musician. But to make money, especially at the time, or playing pop punk, which is just, you know, it was gimmicky. It was easy. And, yeah. Um, like and bars tried, and stuff? Yeah, bars. We went on a, a small tour. We but, played with some bigger bands. We almost got signed to a major label. What? And blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, but it was, and this was like all in this small ass town in Owensboro, Kentucky. And then, you know, we started touring. The band broke. We only lasted for like maybe two, three years. That's a, um, that's, that's a chunk of time though. It was, yeah, it was a chunk of time in my life that I would never take back. What's and, the band name? No. Come on. No, I can't do that. Don't, hey, don't you? I see you in there fucking laughing, man. You're like, oh, what is it? What is it? <laughs> it was the monkeys part two, unless I hear differently. Yeah, God. <laughs> no, we were called, well, there's two names. The first time, first go around was called a standstill survivor. Okay. And I feel like this guy in here probably knows that like back then, pop punk bands, they all had, uh, what is it, anagram? Not anagram. Um, basically, just like your initials, right? Yeah. Like, so do a standstill survivor real quick. The first three letters, A, standstill survivor. Ass. So we were ass, right? <laughs> and we're like, oh, shit, we need to change the name. So then we changed it to Picture Me With You, um, which came from a Kelly Clarkson song. That's not even a joke. Uh, yeah. 
like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know. It, but not, you were teenagers, basically. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Early 20s, yeah. teenagers, stuff like that. And we, you know, like I said, we got pretty big. And the MySpace days, that's how long ago that was. <laughs> nice. Um, and we had, you know, these huge, two. we had two songs that we ever recorded. That was it. As far as professionally recorded, we had two songs, and both of those songs on MySpace got a 1.5 million plays each. What? Which is huge, yeah. right? Like I had like friends like in uh, that were like visiting Hawaii. I remember when those songs came out, and they're like calling, and they're like, "We're at this house party. We hear this music. It's you. Is this you?" And we're like, "Holy shit! Yeah, it is. It's really cool." But anyway, so I did that for a while, um, and then you know, hit 23 and I'm realizing that I'm still sleeping on park benches or I'm still like whatever. And I'm like, fuck, man, maybe I need to go to college. Maybe there is something to that. Yeah. Which is funny because neither of my parents went to college. Uh -huh. Neither one of them went to college. They never preached the importance of that. Um, but my mom used to tell me all the time, I should be a lawyer. So I remember from the time I was like 10 on up, you should be a lawyer. You'd be a great lawyer. You can argue with the best of them, which is obviously there's way more to being a lawyer than that. So I went to school yeah. to be a lawyer. And I started at some shithole community college in my hometown where my parents were nice enough to let me live with them again, um, which I didn't think would happen because of the way that I left. But anyway, they were nice enough to let me back in and I went in and I did the whole college thing and I went through three and a half years of undergrad for that and was working on going to Syracuse University for law school and woke up one day and was like, shit, man, I hate this. Yeah. Because honestly, four years is not enough time for you to figure out what the fuck you want to do with your life. Right. And when you're paying an ass load of money, at, like, you know, every year. Yeah. And for me, I'm a poor kid. So I had a lot, a lot of grants that were given to me. But at the end of the day, like, I'm still paying for that law, law school experience. Yeah, yeah. And the hair school. Right which I went to Paul Mitchell in Central West End here, Paul Mitchell in Lexington, Kentucky as well, $27,000 for less than a year of learning. Wow. Which is stupid because Brandon, you know Brandon, like basically my little brother works right next to oh, me. Oh, yeah, yeah. He went to Barber College and paid six grand. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, why the fuck didn't I do that? Why right. did I pay $27,000 for... But then, you know, that's it, that's it though. It was right. because I wanted the title. Mm -hmm. I wanted that Paul Mitchell because that's like the Harvard of law schools. Is the way, our law schools of hair schools yeah. is what I like to say. Um, that's a joke. Yeah. Nobody asked me, like you said, nobody asked me where I went to hair school. Yeah, it's, it's hard because like you get to feel like, you know, and maybe there's whatever the benefits are going here versus there. You know, at the end of the day, it's what you do afterwards. That's it. You know, like when you first, when you're, when you're going to, you're going to interviews, maybe that makes a difference or when you're networking yeah. or whatever. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter at some degree. Yeah. Um, and the things I got from college, because I studied finance and German. I thought I was going to do international business, yeah, right? Just tight. Yeah. You know, and so... This dude speaks... How many languages do you speak? It's just, well... Just. just, just. Well, it, of course, I'm okay with English. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right. I get by. <laughs> And then I studied German, and I've been uh, been studying um, uh, Italian for for I guess almost four years. Yeah, it's yeah. Been like right after we met because I remember you coming in and being like, "Dude, I'm I'm studying Italian." Yeah, and I'm like, "Shit!" And now you're like, pretty fluent. I, I'm I'm getting there. Like, flu I the fluent's a hard word, but it's like I'm 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 conversational and like you know like there's a European like test standard of like A1 is a beginner and A2. Yeah, and. You know, from conversationally, I might be in the B's 
if I had to write an essay, it would be really hard. Yeah. Um, trying to watch more Italian TV shows to like be able to listen. Pick up on the lingo. You know, that kind of thing. Dude, like, well, that's just like mind-blowing to me that you've learned most of a language in just like three, two, two three short years. Dude, like yeah. shit. Yeah, I just... Uh... I can barely speak English. <laughs> no, man. I don't... <laughs> Well, it's just like anything else. Like, I don't know how to play music, but like you, you put your head down and you do it and do it yeah. and do it and you, you become more and more proficient and you're, you're never really done. But uh, one, one of the things I'll say is like, you know, in hindsight, the things I probably got from college yes. were from my humanities classes, you know, the, yeah. the philosophy classes I took and the Asian, Asian philosophy class I took and, and then being around lots of different kinds of people. Yeah. Um, and then for me, I did the, because I was studying German, I did exchange trips and I, I got to really throw myself into totally different cultures and yeah. live with families and stuff like that. But you got, you got that experience by being in a rock, you know, a punk. Yeah. What'd you call it? Punk? Pop punk. Pop yeah, punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if P the, squared. I, I don't know if those are experiences that were like really like, um, det oh man. I don't think that they were good. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> not necessarily, but I definitely learned a shitload well, from. Yeah, I mean the the most. I'd never ask for the most horrible things I went through. Yeah, but I learned and grew from them. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Yeah, and that's all. That's all you can do with those things. Okay, let's go back to uh, you being in a pop punk band and how that kind of connects with your willingness to just jump in and do stuff. Yeah, it's like there's a connection there, okay. right? No, there's like, a huge connection there, right? Like, um, so. Can, have you ever thought about identifying? Like, what is it in you that was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in a rock band. And, oh man, or or I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to start a business, or I'm going to. You, you, there's something. There's so many people. Even even when like even like when I was getting divorced, man, people were coming to me like I was a priest in confessional, and like, hey man, I've I've been unhappy for years too, and they're like. <laughs> I, and and so most of I them are out? still married or yeah. any many of the things I've done, you know, building furniture and improv and yeah. travel and learning a language. Like, man, I've always wanted to do that. I'm like, just, just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Like, like, like learning a language is like, is like buying a book and start or doing Duolingo or yeah. something like that. So like, but you've, you've got that willingness to be like, like, like the weird. Fuck yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. I'm going to be in a band. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, that, that's kind of how the whole band thing started. It was kind of funny. I was, um, my whole family is pretty musical. So my dad sings and plays guitar and my cousins and aunts, uncle, like everybody, everybody. So, um, and I'm the least talented musician. Again, air quotes. I know nobody can fucking see that, but you know, like, yeah, you do. Thank good, you. Good I'm glad. At least you yeah, see yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, I just kind of was like, oh yeah, I'm going to try and do this. And I got really obsessed with like music culture. And I think that's how most, like, you know, we all have music that we listen to that helps us get away from day-to-day -day life, mm -hmm. right? Like, I, you know, I have to listen to something in my car, completely silent, just listen to music in my car and just, like, zone out. And that's, like, my life. So I wanted to build that for somebody, but I'm like, oh, how the hell do I do that? And then, you know, I got really lucky and somebody asked me to play music with them. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I've never done this before. What did you play? I just sang. 
I just sing. So I can't even call myself a musician. I can call myself a a vocalist or singer or whatever, songwriter, but I'm not a real musician because I can't play. I mean, I can play a lot of different instruments, but all of them very shittily, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So like a little bit of everything. But your voice is your instrument. Yeah, exactly. So like, And that takes another level of confidence of like, yeah, get, get, being the the front man, singer. and I think that's how that built me, man. You know, it was like getting thrown out there in, in front of like you know. Sometimes it was three kids that would come to a show, and then I think the most that we played was like I don't know, almost a thousand kids or something like yeah. that, which was really cool. You know what I mean? Especially for people to know um, know our music to some extent. Mm-hmm. But I think that all of those things, doing that, that was the first step into just not giving a, a shit about mm-hmm. like, okay, I want to do this, I'm going to do it. Um, and then that shaped me into, you know, like I said, homeless vagabond for a bit that helped me learn too. like, if you take chances, you can survive. Yeah. Right. Like I'm not dead. I should be. I'm not though. Yeah. Um, I wasn't the smartest kid on the street for sure, but like, I still took that chance and I'm okay because of it. Awesome. Now, some people, yeah. the, the you know, the risk is way higher than what mine was, right? 20, mm-hmm. 21, 22-year-old kid being home. That's not a big deal, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, if you're in your, well, no, shit. If you're in your fucking 50s, take the chance too. Who cares? Yeah. You get to live through this whole thing, this whole life one time. And if you don't, which I'm not trying to say YOLO, but YOLO. You know what I mean? Right. Like, if, if stupid as that is. But like, <laughs> <laughs> right. really though, seriously. Yeah. Like, what are you, why the fuck don't you? Mm-hmm. What do you want to die with all this regret or these thoughts of like, oh man, I really wish I would have done that. Instead, yeah. you're in insurance sales for the last, you know what I mean? And yeah. not that they're just not knocking that. Right. For anybody that's listening that's in insurance sales, you are very valued. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, that's it though. Well, it's it just, that's what, that's the thing that's really struck me is like, well, first of all, like I held myself back from those kind of things for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Thinking someday, 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 someday. And then I finally like get the courage to start doing little things, right? Mm-hmm. And None of them were in the beginning. They weren't huge, but but I learned something from them, and it built. It was like building a muscle. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. I I can do that. And and like like I I was in you were, I was in a pop punk band. Yeah. You did that. Like yeah. and and I was homeless, and I like I survived it. And I you know, I don't know if you. What does that mean? You slept out. Like what does it mean? You slept out. Yeah, what does that yeah, mean? Yeah, like yeah. you were sleeping yeah. outside. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sleeping outside, or if I had a car, like sleep in the back of a car, or if I was nice enough to have some friend that would be like, yeah, man, you can come stay with me for like a, a couple days yeah. or whatever, you know. And like that's how I traveled. That's how I got around the U.S. That's how I've been able to see the United States. Wow. Um, most of them, uh, for what they are and. And a different kind of culture as well as, you know, like it's, it's probably far different than like if you were to travel to, let's say, California and stay there right now, right? Like you'd probably get a hotel room and like enjoy yourself or stay with a friend if you had a friend. Obviously, right now traveling doesn't exist, but you right, know right, what right. I mean. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> um, and for me, it was like, okay, cool. I guess I'm going to sleep on the beach in San Diego for a couple nights and then hopefully a Beach ranger is what I call them. Doesn't come over and kick me off, right? You know what I mean? Like yeah. you—that that was how that went. So I—I I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, continue. No, no. no. <laughs> I mean, and and like, I, I haven't had that experience. But there was there was a time when when I was in when I was in college and I did this I did this internship in Germany, right? Yeah. And my brother came over when it was done because I had like I think three or four weeks of like free travel time. Yes. And he brought over his bike and I had my bike and we just went on this really cool bike ride. And 
I had, all right, first of all, oh, been, yeah, man. I've never been camping before in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, you know, under only like under like the most easy circumstances. So we're riding and riding and we were like almost at the, going down south toward along the French border towards Switzerland. And we get to the Rhine River and we're like, we're both like history buffs and we're both studying Germany. We're like, oh, this Rhine River is so important and all yeah, these yeah, cool yeah. things happen here. And we saw this giant field. We're like, we're just going to, we're just going to sleep out here, man. How are you? Sleep out on the stars. No, uh, no camping gear. Right? <laughs> so then we're like, we had passed this little town. We went in this town. We got some food and some like wine and cheese and meat. And we're just like, oh, we're just going to eat outside and sleep outside. And um, we're, we, we go back to the spot and we're like laying on the ground and like this mist starts rolling in and it starts getting cold. And then we're like getting wet. <laughs> and we're like, maybe, man, maybe this wasn't a good idea. And yeah. then like these like, we hear these people running toward us. And we're like, where are like, we're going to get like killed or yeah, mugged yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. And so I shut on my flashlight and I'm like yelling at them in German, like, <laughs> and they're like yelling back at me in German, like, what do you like? What do you want? Why are you here? Like, have you seen our girlfriend? Like, what? They're like, we're at a party and she ran away. And we're like, no. And then we're like, stand my brother and I put like plastic bags over ourselves because we we didn't, we were getting wet. So we had these giant plastic bags and we, I don't know what they thought was going on but like <laughs> like they're like why are you guys out here like oh we were gonna sleep here and they're like here like is it dangerous they're like well there's wild boars oh shit <laughs> we're like oh, okay danke and then <laughs> they left and so we had seen like this for lack of a better term like this hippie german hippie party that was happening on the way to the little town yeah so we ride our bikes back there and it is like i bet there were like a hundred people there and a giant fire and a band oh, and like yeah. bratwurst and stuff. So like we got our food and uh, like some dude's like, <laughs> he's like, can I borrow your flashlight? Yeah. And he like looks around under the table and finds his like hash that he had dropped, you know? <laughs> and then we, I, you I know, would probably be hanging out with that guy. <laughs> I would probably yeah. be hanging out with that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so we ended up like sleeping on the ground around this fire with a guy, like there was a guy dancing most of the night that, we call them banana pants because, like, these bright yellow <laughs> pants. They look like Rod Stewart, like big yellow. Like, Hell yeah! <laughs> so, but I mean, that was it. That was just one night of like, all right, yes, yeah, so I, I can. I, it was the closest thing I've come to that. Yeah, and I'm, and and even though it was only one experience, I was like, I was kind of scared. I wasn't sure. Like, yeah, are yeah. these are the are we gonna get robbed? Yeah, you know. Um, Did you? you? Know? Did you no. get robbed? Okay, good. Yeah, no, everything like. No one even really talked to us. They were. I think yeah. everyone was more or less strangers. I don't know. Yeah. I don't and know. Probably like so fucked up that they didn't know what was going on anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and woke up, like some dude was like some dude was like sleeping on my his head was on my foot when I woke up. <laughs> when I woke up, and it was like so. So this is the question I have to ask you about that. So if you would have gotten robbed, right? If yeah. if you're they would have taken whatever. Right now, in this moment, how would that have totally changed the story? Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, I would have just been, I would have been really angry at myself. Like, oh, that was so dumb. Yeah. You know, we shouldn't have done that. Yeah. And, and but also, like, now, my right now, if you would have, would it really have mattered if you were in the exact that's same position? Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, because none of that stuff, yeah. As long as I wasn't, I was like, yeah, well, you know, we sucked at the time. I lost all that stuff. But yeah. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You took and, a chance. You slept outside. Yeah. You didn't get robbed, but if you did, who fucking cares? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, You're yeah. still alive. Like, you know, if you would have got mauled to death by a wild boar, that would have been bad. That would have been bad. That would have been, yeah. I would have, 
I would have not liked that. Yeah, no, that probably would not have been a I good still time. wouldn't like that. Yeah, no, I think I agree <laughs> with that. <Yeah. laughs> but, um, but yeah, I don't know, just, just, so having those experiences. So like, yeah, that you, at, how old were you when you started the band? Oh, like 19, 20. 19. So yeah, 19, yeah. you're like, I have, I have the, something in, in young Micah was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do a band. Yeah. I can do that. Oh, and yeah. then, uh, I'm going to, and why did you move to St. Louis? Oh man, well, honest to God, uh, I think that the real reason why I moved to St. Louis was I was going through a really awful breakup from a relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, that was almost an engagement kind of thing. Was not in a good headspace, had lived everywhere, and I was living in Lexington, Kentucky. I was at the Paul Mitchell the school there trying to learn hair, um, and then also working like 40 hours a week. So I was going to school 40 hours a week and then damn near working 40 hours a week. Um, and was dating this girl living together and she just up and left. Mm. So then I'm like, you know, can feel a little bit too much. I think sometimes. So I'm like in the worst place I've ever been. I was drinking constantly from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed, um, and working for an Apple call center, uh, out of a Xerox plant i got an office building i don't know that is apple like, i don't know it's stupid so it was for the uk as well because the uk of course at what outsource it to america what the <laughs> fuck i'm this kid like kid living in lexington kentucky most people around me could like there's the accent you know well thank you for calling apple this is blah 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 you know what i mean and like these people in the uk are like god why are we talking to people in america but anyway so i'm in this really bad spot and my at the time uh best friend um pretty much my brother. I haven't talked to him in a while, but 30, 31, 32 years I've known this dude. Um, calls me up and he's like, hey man, uh, how you doing? And I'm like, not well. You know, I'm just honest. Like I'm not doing too well. He's like, are you drunk right now? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, it's 9 a.m. Oh man. Yeah, right? And he's like, you, we gotta get you somewhere. He's like, have you thought about moving to St. Louis? And I'm like, fuck no. <laughs> You know what I mean? Not a chance in hell. No way. He's like, well, you should. He's like, you've lived everywhere else. Come, you know, live with me and we'll we'll get an apartment and we'll do do the whole damn thing. And yeah. he's like, you know, I know that you have long-term goals of like moving somewhere else. And yeah, at the time I was going to get through hair school, I was going to go work for a guy named Kelly Cardenas um, in Carlsbad, San Diego, or Carlsbad, which is right outside of San Diego or in it, whatever, however yeah. you want to word that. And uh, so I was only going to be here for a year. Wow. Yeah. And that's how I ended up in St. Louis. And I, you know, obviously here I am, you know, five, six years later. As a, as a business and owner. And I fucking love St. Louis. Yeah. I it, hated it my first year because I just wasn't around the right people. Mm -hmm. And once you surround yourself with the right people, every place is the same as long as you have good people around. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so cool, man. So, all right. So, um, so that's your journey to how you got here. Yes. Uh, what's... What's something you haven't done that you still want to, or some vision you have that hasn't? If, if you're, if you're anything that you're like, okay, yeah. talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, no, 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 for sure. I've got uh, quite a few plans for the future, as far as you know, if we can make it through the next year. Yeah. Um, new business, pandemic, all that good shit. But all that aside, yeah, I mean, eventually, I don't want this to just be one shop. I want it to be more of a lifestyle brand. Cool. You know, we've got your hair products, we've got your shop, but I really want to be able to get into a couple different major cities with these shops and stuff like that. And then eventually I would like to really be able to help coach 
people. You said life coach. I'm like, damn, dude, that's something that I've wanted to do for a long time. Yeah. And not that I have like any real business telling people how to live their fucking life, but I can at least tell them my experiences mm-hmm. and hopefully they can learn from that and not make some of the same mistakes that I yeah. did. Or do make some of the same mistakes that I did, but do it with intent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like if you want to go, yeah, be homeless for a while, do, I don't know, do it with intent. Like figure out that oh, I have to be homeless in order to do, which I, that should never be a fucking option. Um, and I think that our homeless rate's way too high. I'm just going to put that in there too for anybody yeah. listening. Yeah, yeah. It's fucked up. But, uh, you know, I do. I, th- I think that eventually, yeah, I think that's kind of the end game for me is to be able to have multiple shops under the same umbrella have our product company get to where we need it to be Mm -hmm. um and then yeah i want to be able to step back from that a little bit and help coach people through how to get there that's awesome dude oh so what is uh what is idle hands like what was the what was the origin of that the the name or the name (laughs) so me and brandon who i consider my little brother i've known him for 15 years um we started trying to make hair product out of our respective homes. Yep. Him living in Lexington, me living here. Or not Lexington, he was in Bowling Green. I started that Kentucky. far back. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, man. This was like at, right when I moved here. So we would FaceTime each other and like try and cook shit down. And like we made a lot of like really shitty lip balms and stuff like that. Um, but anyway, so the name came from that. We started this product company and we wanted a name. And originally we wanted to... De- <laughs> We wanted it to be called Heavy Hands. Happy Hands? Heavy Hands. Heavy Hands. Heavy okay. Hands, which is like really fucking stupid. And I know that now, but at the time we were sold on it, you yeah. know? Like Heavy Hands, there's a whole th- phrase with tattoos. Like if you're a heavy handed tattoo artist, oh, like okay. that kind of thing or like whatever. So we really liked that. And then uh, we found out that there's this barbering company in the Philippines that's named that. <laughs> of course. Um, and it's the first thing that pops up on Google. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and thankfully that happened because that was, I mean, like I said, it was fucking terrible. That's yeah. a terrible name. There's a lot of things that you, heavy hand jobs. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up changing, changing the name. We actually, it was when I was working at Notch, there's this girl, Tori, that worked right next to me. So it took us, it took, man, it took us like three years of working on this in different states to be able to just get a name sorted out. Yeah. Takes time. It does. It t- the process takes time. It's hard, man. Like trying to figure out what you want to call your business or your yeah. book and all those kind yeah. of things, you know. But then, you know, Tori actually said, Well, you can't do heavy hands. Why don't you do idle hands? And I'm like, Yeah, man. Like, I, you know, I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, Idle hands are the devil's playground. Yep. Um, all this shit, it just kind of added up and it worked. And then, of course, I thought about that movie back in the, what was that, like the late 90s with fucking Seth, uh, so yeah, Seth Green and whatever, anyway. And that's what most people recognize. They're like, oh, yeah, I like the movie. And I'm like, eh, yeah, fuck yourself. But like, you know, anyway, that's where that name came from. It was really just trial and error, coming up with a lot of stupid names. And then one person that wasn't even a part of it just said, well, what about Idle Hands? That sounds really cool. And we're yeah. like, yeah, that kind of describes us. I so sure, it. we'll roll with it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, it's cool, man. It's such a it's 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 like a hands literally a hands on business. Yeah, and it's important. And yeah, we you know. hand manufacture all those products. Mm-hmm. Just like anytime you come in and get your hair done, you're we're you know working with our hands. So hand manuf. So I just learned this from my Italian teacher last week. Yes, the word manufacture uh, comes from like mani, which means hands. And fattore, which means to make. No shit. So they'll say they'll still say mano, fat, mano fatto or fatto di mano or something like that. Um, 
she's probably cringing if I'm, I'm, say, if I'm saying it wrong, <laughs> but it literally is like handmade. It's, it's the two words yeah. put together. So like most, most manufacturing now is not handmade. No, but yeah, like not what, at all. what you, what, what you doing still is. Yeah. Which is funny. Cause like people will be like, well, who's your manufacturing company? And I'm like, it's me and two other people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, really? Oh, that's really cool. And I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Thanks. I'm, like, I'm glad. No, man. I'm, I'm excited for it. So then, uh, and you were kind enough to, you know, Micah's thing about Micah, he'll take care of you. Like I told him I, someday I don't want to have a car I'm trying to like at least limit my yeah. use. So he moved so I can walk, I can walk to get my hair cut now. <laughs> I did it for you, man. Yeah. I moved to, I moved to the, sh- the 4100 block of Shenandoah Avenue. Yeah. And it, sh- the Shaw neighborhood for you. It was no, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and I'm gonna post uh, on the uh, when we do the when the when the podcast goes live, we'll have all your contact information on oh, there, shit, so cool. people can find Thanks, you. Man, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, people can find you and and make an appointment. Yeah. Uh, the other thing about working with Micah is that uh, it's it's a bit like an open relationship. Yeah. <laughs> and that so I'll give you an example. I'll take that. Yeah, because like with with uh, with I always felt guilty getting my hair cut somewhere else, but like uh, Micah found out I was going to. Ireland with my kids. Well, the first time was in Italy. You're like, dude, go get your fucking haircut in a different country. That's exactly yeah. what he said. Just like that. Hell yeah. I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah. So like, I like had And I didn't know, to- I didn't know anybody in Italy, right? No, no. I, I don't. I don't. So yeah. or at the time I don't. I think I do now. I think I could probably send you to somebody now. But- Perfect. So like, that was like, he, you know, getting your, you know, it's like getting your haircut, you know, in St. Louis versus, you know, uh, I don't know, Boise probably is different. that, vastly different unless you're, you know yeah, i don't know yeah, yeah. but like going into like in italy like i went in there and uh I, I i realized i didn't know any of the words for i need a haircut like, <laughs> <laughs> and i the, the the barber didn't speak english yeah and so like we we i'm i muscled my way through it and with hand gestures and words that i was able to infer what they meant and it was awesome it was yeah. a really cool experience but then i'm, I'm going to ireland yeah, like, cut and sew. Yep. You're like, dude, you're going to be in Dublin? Like, yeah. Got to go to cut and sew. Have to. Yeah. Sean Bryant, dude. I love that guy so much. And then what was the, what's her name? Elaine. Elaine, man. Yeah. I, she, yeah. That was, that was so cool. So her I, sending me the picture of your head and saying like, hey, thanks for the. Yeah. Uh, that's tight. Well, yeah. that, that, so like, yeah, I go in there and she was at the desk. There was no one else there. Yeah. And she was at the desk and, uh, I, I mentioned that uh, my buddy in St. Louis knows who Sean is, or no, they're fr- you guys are friends on yeah and, social media platform, social media, perfect, been- which allows you to like connect with people in all kinds of cool ways. Oh like, yeah, you get they're friends, and like he said, I should come here. She's like, okay, well, I don't have any appointments until this time, and so it was in the afternoon. Graham and I came back, got hair, his haircut. It looked so awesome. I made another appointment for myself the yeah, next man. day, and turns out Elaine is this this you know she's a I think I think at least at the time, was the only woman working in this like 100%. really competitive. It's like a, it's like a different, it feels like a different thing over there. Like it's more. Well, because you were in a traditional barber shop. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the, like, that's kind of where their, their platform started out as. And like the traditional barbershop game, unfortunately is like pretty sexist and uh-huh. misogynistic and like still. Yeah. Oh, it's just fucking stupid. I know more like there's a, I mean, shit, my wife's a barber a real barber. I'm not. I'm a cosmetologist, right? Okay. So it's just a, it's a stupid ass title yeah. that they give you. But like, yeah, I mean, she's the first woman to work for Cut and Sew. And I don't think that Sean 
intentionally did that. It's just the industry. I yeah. just think it's the industry where dudes go to barber school and girls go to hair school, which is not true at all, obviously, yeah. living proof right here. Yeah. But like, yeah, it was a big deal. It was a big deal, especially in Ireland, for her to be working in such a reputable spot and it be oh. a, f- a lady barber, which is fucking stupid that that's a big deal. But it she's, was. Yeah. Well, she's awesome, does a great job, super professional. Like, yeah. you know, you just see in her posts. And so, yeah. I, would, I, would, I told her like- The well, opposite of me. <laughs> no, dude. Like you, you, you know exactly what you're doing. But like, uh, but yeah. But I, I like she's she's that now. I have a permanent like stylist in Dublin. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, be fun to talk to her here one day. Yeah, man. Uh, Absolutely, you should. But um, anyway, cool. So so yeah. So we talked about where you're headed, and yeah, life. Whether it's life coach or coaching other people to like start yeah. business or do your thing, I could totally see you doing that, man. Yeah, I just want to help, man. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's it. Yeah. I think that's all life is, is your connections you make, helping people along the way and being happy. Awesome. So, I mean, I think it's like, you know, the, the idea that, you know, you're following your dream. You're not afraid to take chances. You're, you're not afraid to say yes to those things. Yep. And you've had life experiences and they're like, eh, if I mess up, that's, that's okay. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. Actually, I had to talk to my business partner about that. I'll make this real fast. But I had to talk to him about that with everything that, whenever we started this thing and he's like i want to do these things but i'm so afraid of failure why why we're so ingrained and indoctrined with the fear fail of or fear of failure is fucking wild to me Mm -hmm. because that's how i've learned everything i know is by failing time and time again yes but in school if you get an f that's a problem. Yeah. Your parents, if you if you fail to do one thing for them, that's a problem. They're angry with you. Yeah. You get expelled from a school for failing too much, or you get, oh, why? Right. Fail. I've learned more from that than I've learned from actually doing the, the something the right way the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You learn well whether it's a failed thing you tried, a failed relationship, a failed yeah. whatever. It hurts, man. But that gives you a chance to kind of step back and go like, well, what? How did I contribute to that? Yeah, man. What could I do differently? You probably learned more from your divorce than you did from the entire marriage. Oh, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. It, you know, it finally, that whole experience, you know, it, it, the combination of it kind of made me drop my guard. Yeah. Like I couldn't keep fighting myself anymore. Yeah, man. And then. That's heavy. (laughs) Yeah. Like I literally, I literally, there was a, there was a day I felt like, I had the, this feeling like the universe had, you know, like your kid and you wrestled. Like I was pinned to the ground so hard that you just like let go. Yeah. And that's how I felt. Yeah. And um, that's, a, that's what, I mean, the title of that book, After Life, the idea is like, I felt like that old world was dead. Yeah. I mean, I dealt with the death of a marriage, the death of my mom, the yeah, death of my dad. The all death. these things. Yeah. And then as as I started new and new things, it felt, like a new life it wasn't like like a suicide thing it wasn't like a a mystical thing it was that old world felt gone yeah and uh yeah and so we all like yeah so you never ask for that man even even just you know you never ask for those experiences but if you can learn from them it's gold yeah you know and we're gonna go through that you know yeah like, that's yeah changing like it's like seasons yes uh, yeah, I, I really realized that was like, I was like, as I was coming out of it, I was like, that was a winter. I met you like at the beginning of the spring. Yep. Like, it was like, I was past the worst of it and beginning to do new things. So, 
Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on and uh, chatting, dude, Thank man. you for having me. Yeah, yeah. This has been awesome. Um, yeah, man. Can't speak more highly of you and everything that you're doing. I can't wait to see this book. Read this book. Soon, it's man. fucking awesome. You've been talking about it for two years and <laughs> we're here. Yeah. And now you're doing the podcast that you've been talking about for maybe longer than you've been talking about the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're fucking doing it, dude. You're fucking doing it. Thanks, I'm man. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, Thank man. you, buddy. I'm proud of you for all your stuff you're doing. And um, like I said, I'll, I'll throw all your stuff on the on the site so Thank people you. can I find you. That. Yeah. Um, if you don't, don't hesitate, you know, go see Micah, go see his people. They, it's a great place. Uh, all the COVID stuff. It's just like doing the checks and the temperature and masks and they're, they're taking all the procedures, but like all the, all the right steps. So, but we got to, got to support our local businesses. We want to be there, man. Amen to that. All right. Hell cool. Yeah. Thanks buddy. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Dude. I'll see you soon. So that's a wrap on my first interview podcast episode with Micah Johnson. You can find out more information about the projects I'm working on and the podcast and, and book information, again, at uh, www.carloblog.com. Um, I can't tell you how excited I am. I've got friends in Italy and Germany and all over America that have all said yes to, to talking about different stories and things that they've done. I am so, so excited um, uh, to, to be knocking out these interviews in the, the weeks and months to come. And uh, I look forward to seeing what you all like and uh, learning and growing as we go. Thank you.